This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to another edition of the Bandwagon Podcast. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. I would say possibly he's got the best accent ever since, uh, from all the all the podcasts that I've done. So um, she should be really good on the ear, really, to be honest with you. So I'm joined by a musician, an author, an artist, a philanthropist, and most importantly, a humanitarian. Manika Kaur, welcome to the Bandwagon Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, uh, it was uh, the privilege is mine. Uh, I, we um, managed to get this put put this together fairly quickly, which is which is good because I thought, you know, if I message out, um, see see if I could get a response back, and it was straight away. So it was I was really really lucky because uh, you just been out celebrating, right? That's right. It's been a lot of celebration lately in my life, so it's been fun. And not just any kind of celebration, you know, like over here, we would, if we, we're going to get out a DJ or something like that, but you, you actually go and get artists and I'm talking the different levels of artists. Yeah. Are you all right to just share with us who, who you had on your party? Right. I celebrated my 40th birthday in Athens and uh, I love music. I, I'm obviously I'm in that world of music, uh, of, but spiritual music, but one of the artists that I admire greatly and I grew up listening to his music is Shaggy. The incredible Shaggy was at my 40th birthday party. That's right, for just 25 girls, my 25 closest girlfriends. And it was amazing. It was like a night I'll never forget. Yeah, I saw, <laughs> I saw some of your footage on Instagram and I was like, Mr. Mr. Bombastic. That was, I think that was one of my first tapes that I ever bought independently. Like, you know, out of my own pocket money that I went there and said, yeah, I'm getting that. Right? I mean, he's iconic. And if you think about him, he's one artist who has done so many collaborations, which actually is not an easy thing to do because 
artists are always, you know, they, they have their opinions. Sometimes it's hard to collaborate without and keeping those long-term good relationships. But this is a, a man who keeps coming out with album after album, collaboration after collaboration, and pivoting all around. And I think that's really something to admire, someone who could sustain themselves in this industry for so long and work with so many different people. So you know, it, was, it was like an honor to have him there. I mean, we're just dipping our toe in it um, slightly now, but as a musician and stuff, was there, you know, when you see um, artists and, you know, the level that they operate, what's some of the biggest lessons that you're able to kind of pick or tips from people like like that, that, that artist as a caliber? Um, well, I do. So, because I'm very much in the world of spiritual music and Kirtan music, when I started, there wasn't actually somebody out there who was doing this. So it's not like I had someone to look at and say, this is who I want to be, or this is where I want to reach. I just kind of just did something that I was passionate about. But I think I could look at almost anybody in any field and find inspiration from that person. Um, because, but I think the thing that really moves me the most is when I speak to somebody and they start talking about something they're passionate about. It's almost like this moment where I see them standing in their light, in their flow, like that is the thing you're, you're doing, the thing you're meant to be doing, whatever it is. And for me, that moment is like awe-inspiring. So watching someone like Shaggy perform, you just feel like, my God, he's doing the thing he's meant to be doing. Because he just, I mean, he took four flights to get to us. And wow. so many things could have gone wrong and nothing went wrong. And then he was tired before the performance, but when he was on stage, when he was performing, it was something else. He pulled us into his world. And that's the thing, like I love going to concerts. I love going to plays. I love going to shows. I love watching orchestras because when you like bring yourself into the moment and you zone in, you, you can feel their passion. I literally have goosebumps talking about it. Mm, wow. You can feel their passion. And that, that really moves me because I feel like so many people are just wandering aimlessly looking for their thing. And they're looking for it in the wrong places because they're looking at other people's flow and thinking, well, I need to do that or I need to do that. When the an answer is literally inside them, they just need to go within. And that's what my music does. It's about taking you within and connecting you to your divine highest self so you can be happy. Mm -hmm. I, I remember having a conversation with somebody where they were talking about how, like from a health point of view, that the body is like a, um, is like a symphony and each kind of organ is, is vibrating and working at a particular kind of frequency. And then they all got to come to connect, they connect together to produce that, that, that symphonic um, kind of um, output really. And then that's the, how you connect with music so much and, and that can actually trigger the spirituality with it. Do you believe there's any truth in that? Absolutely. I think everything is energy and absolutely you can measure, you, there's these, these devices where you can actually measure the frequency of things. And you can almost measure the frequency of everything because it's outputting some kind of energy. And so in terms of healing, the frequency of the music you're listening to can actually have an effect on different organs, different parts of your body. Certain frequencies can actually calm down your system, bring you out of anxiety. But the main thing that I try to focus on with my music is, and what I'm really interested in is this whole world of quantum, quantum physics, but really your, your brain rhythms, your brain waves, 
So there are the four that we know about, which is the first one being beta brainwaves, where you know, you're in your critical mind, your analytical mind. And then down from that, where your brainwaves slow down a little bit is alpha brainwaves. You're pretty chill. Then you get theta. And in theta brainwaves, that's the kind of area you're in just before you fall asleep and just before you wake up. And they say, because your analytical mind hasn't jumped in yet. In that place, you can really manifest things that you want. Below that is the delta brainwaves. And delta brainwaves are like you're in that quantum field. You think it, you're creating it. And there's something that they, they don't even talk about. They haven't even named it where it's even below delta, where you have mind-heart coherence, where your heart, um, your heartbeat, if you were to measure your heart waves and your brain waves are in complete sync. For me, I call that oneness. That's that place. That's the place I hope to resonate at or be at. And I think that, you know, my the stuff that I do and the things that I'm reading are really opening my mind and helping me to understand the depths of it and the nuances and how small things can make such a, can have such a big impact in your life. So absolutely your organs are all vibrating a particular frequency and creating a symphony and each and every place that you go to, there is music, even if you can't hear it physically. Mm -hmm. And so do you like obviously like not we got we've quickly connected health science <laughs> and, uh, and and music um is that the kind you just touched on it in terms of saying that's where you would like to resonate within that oneness and stuff do you find that as as a challenge when you're creating music that you want to have that's where you want your music to be at home do you how how do you find that process to actually achieve to try and get it there? And if you can't, how do you deal with some of the frustrations? So, I mean, I recently worked on a project and it's almost done. And I have done full albums faster than this particular track that I've been working on. And it has an orchestra, it has a choir, it has a great producer, it has like so many different elements happening. I can't really talk about it yet because it's uh, a little bit top secret, but I've never been um, involved in a project that has had so many hurdles and so many problems arise. COVID was a big problem, but um, in the whole process, there were so many, there was quite a lot of, I could feel a lot of negativity and uh, resistance. And so I stopped and I thought to myself, well, this project is very meaningful and it's very big. And sometimes the universe requires, requires us to earn it. And so I sat down for 40 days and I, did, I prayed every day for 40 days for this particular project because I said, I only want it if I deserve it. And when, throughout that process, I do, I do, do you know Jabji Seb as you must know Jabji Seb? So I do this, like I'll do seven Jabji Sebs or five Jabji Sebs or 11 Jabji Sebs for 40 days when I feel like there's something stuck. And so I did that for this, for this particular project and this particular cause. And I'm not even joking, everything began to clear, just, just all the hurdles. And it led me to the right people, um, the right ending, the right conclusion. And I'm like maybe a week away from like finalizing it all. And so whenever there is resistance, the way I like to handle it is to just step back 
and sit down, go within myself, go within the feelings, bring my awareness to the feelings. And usually an answer comes. And at that point, the answer that came was sit down, pray, because it's, it's such a big project for such a big, beautiful cause. Earn it. Pray for those souls. Earn it first. And that was the answer that came, and I just trusted it. So I think with time, you just really do learn to tune into your frequency and understand what's coming from within. And makes you a lot happier in life, that's for sure. Well, I'm, I'm actually I'm feeling fairly relaxed, but, you know, you should do kind of like, you know, the bedtime reading. It's just like, if ever I was going to release a book, I'm going to get you to read it because it's just like, it's very calming and soothing in that way. Um, Everybody says that, by the way. Friends of mine will fall asleep next to me. They're like, why do I feel so calm yeah, next yeah, yeah. It's, to it's, you? Yeah, yeah. And then they're like asleep or something. Strangers too. They sit next to me and they're like, I feel so calm. I'm like, it's just the frequency I vibrate at. Anybody can get there. Well, it's about 30 odd degrees here in the UK. So I don't know where, which part of the world. I know you travel the world and we'll get there. Um, so it's like, it's soothing and my eyes are getting, so don't, if I, if, if I do drift, it's nothing to do with you, but, um, but you definitely got a podcasting voice. I'll tell you that now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, you, what you've just said now, it, it feels like you've gone through a really kind of accomplished kind of route, um, gone through life experiences, um, to have that holistic sort of, um, advice and wisdom, let's say, uh, but what was a young Manica call like? Um, are you able to just share how you were? Yeah, I mean, so I grew up in a very spiritual house and with very strict parents. And I grew up in Melbourne in Australia. So it was funny to kind of, I felt like I lived in two different eras at the same time. So half of me was living a very, very traditional conservative life. And at the other, the other half of me was like, I was in an all girls school where girls were modern and talking about things that I was never ever allowed to do. So yeah. I had a very strict uh, upbringing. But I would say that um, a lot of the programming that was inside me that I had to kind of like release myself from or work my way through was this, I call it good girl programming. So even from a young age, I felt like a good girl doesn't complain. A good girl smiles. A good girl is like a flower. She's always fragrant. These were the lines I would hear from people around me. And I took it on board. And I always felt like I didn't realize it at the time. But it took me a long time to kind of realize that a lot of the things that I was doing or choosing for myself was because of this programming. So I'm, I've kind of shifted through it. But I, I had a very beautiful childhood. And I have fantastic relationship with my siblings with their partners and with my parents that I really really appreciate because I think that that's actually rare in today's world where people throw away relationships very easily I'm, I'm really lucky to have that connection with my family but that aside there are definitely things that we all go through you know um being bullied definitely that happened being you know brown with long hair and traditional in this kind of white world and when I was quite young I had a, a teacher who was abusive like she she would uh, like physically stick her nails into my back or you know pull hair out of the back of my head if I couldn't get a question right like she was but I was seven or eight and I think about that a lot because I, I would say that bullies is like the pattern of my life I would always attract bullies 
And I mean, I have a mouth. I would go to my mom and say, I want this ice cream or I want this doll. But why didn't I go to my parents and say to them that this person's hurting me? Mm. You need to get rid of them, you know? But how did, like, you, how did, you, how did you deal with that conversation going up? Because all, we all have that in terms of like, you replay scenarios, I wish I'd done this, but we all have different coping mechanisms. In terms of your coping mechanism, how, how did you deal with that? So <clears throat> from like, I'm like, in terms of reflecting to my childhood, that would be probably one of the early cases of something like that happening. Later on, there was always something, some sort of person that I would attract or would be in my, in my kind of life, in my, you know, energy circle. And it would always be this kind of person who would take advantage or, or bully or something like that. But really it was when I delivered my son um, and I almost died and I was sick for a long time that I kind of woke up and saw my pattern. The universe was kind of pushing me to, to wake up and, and love myself. Why do you let people abuse you? It comes from a, in this, you're, it like comes from this place of thinking that you deserve to be treated that way. So it means that it comes from a place that of where you lack this ability to love yourself or to know what you deserve. And it, it like got to that peak of literally almost dying before I kind of understood the message that the universe was telling me, which is like, Monica, wake up, love yourself, love yourself, choose you. And boom, the minute I saw it, it was like a light switch went on. I started to choose myself and everything around me changed. And I stopped attracting those sort of people because I got the lesson. I passed the exam. Yeah. And that was just out of my life after that. And yeah. So I don't have any bitterness. I actually feel like it was all a blessing to reach this place that I'm at now. This kind of content, peaceful place. I don't see it as a bad thing. I just see it like that was the experience that this soul wanted to have, you know, in this human form or whatever, you know. I'm going to ask you a slightly tricky question, really. It's based on some of your terminology that you've um, said. Okay. You know, you, you refer to the universe in itself. Um, two questions. One is, what does the universe mean to you? What does that, what's that definition of the universe? Second one is, if it's different, how do you explain to somebody what the universe is if they're not necessarily spiritual? Because you can't, you clearly come from a spiritual um, essence and origin of some sort. How do you, how do you deal with that? So the universe, what is the universe? Yeah. The universe is you. You're your universe. You're living out. Everything that you're experiencing and living out is your projection. What you find in the stars, in the planets, in the cosmos is exactly what you're made out of. You're made out of water, fire, stardust, earth. So everybody is actually walking through this universe and they're living out their projection. So the universe is you. When you understand that the universe is you and you're living out your projection and you understand this key thing that we're only capable of feeling our own thinking, then you understand how powerful you are. You want to feel different? Change your thinking. You want a different experience? Slow down those brain waves, go into the quantum field and manifest anything you want. Tap into what you actually are beyond this container named Ricky or Monica. What is the actual essence of you? That essence is unlimited and it's powerful. 
It's the universe in motion. You are unlimited. You are powerful. You are the universe in motion. And you are here to have the experience that you call out for and you want. And it starts with you realizing that and the frequency of your thoughts. You will tune into what you put out. I was a victim. I attracted bullies. I stopped being a victim. I stopped attracting bullies. So I might use this when I'll argue with my wife next. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to use it. Yeah. 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 But people have the same arguments dressed up differently over and over again. But that again, that there's science behind that. You, we are addicted to those feelings. You say this, it causes me to feel this. You know, you say X, it causes me to feel Y. Then I'll say Y causes you to feel Z. We are in this pattern because we're addicted to this pattern. You don't want to be in this pattern. Create some lifelines. Break the pattern by breaking the thought process. Stop and say, listen, listen, listen. I've said this. I realize that it's going to make you feel like that. Let's break our pattern. Let's not go into the same pattern. And you break, and the more and more you break that pattern, the less it, it happens because you've wired your brain that way by living that pattern over and over again. So now your brain is addicted to those feelings. It's, you're actually afraid to escape that cycle. It's because you're comfortable. It's your comfort zone. And, and, and I'm guessing then that's the kind of methodology when you're trying to explain it to somebody else who may not kind of understand the universe, but that it's actually, it's not the um, kind of the, the, I don't know, the superstition or anything like that. It's just your own energy and your own projection. Definitely no superstition. Um, <clears throat> and as a Sikh, we don't believe in superstitions anyways. But uh, if I'm talking to people, which, you know, because I travel, I meet people from all different backgrounds. I, my, my friends will call me up and going through different things. I always, the first thing to do first, I feel, is bring your full focus and attention and awareness to that person. Because there's a part of them, which is, I would say, their soul which knows, which feels if it's being heard or not. Wow. And as they talk, they actually figure it out on their own. The moment you are so present with them, they become present with themselves. And you just let them talk. You just let them talk it through and they actually get to the end of the tunnel themselves. You don't actually have to do anything. And then there are things you can say, which is like, if you want to kind of access that place more often, if you want to be centered more often, if you want to bring your awareness within more often, well, listen to this kind of music. Listen to this sort of frequency of music. You know, bring in that practice of being, being in the now and being aware of yourself, aware of your emotions. Most of us are just running away from it, right? Oh, oh, of course, I think everyone's, do, everyone's kind of running away from different things at different aspects. Some people, you know, pack their troubles away, put in a suitcase and go somewhere else and they're still there. You know, surprise, surprise. They don't actually necessarily mm -hmm. kind of deal with some of the issues. I mean, we, you touched on especially one of the issues that are around, um, you know, growing up, especially in a minority, I would say probably in Melbourne at that, at that time, but a growing, a, a growing diaspora. Did you ever come to a time, especially when you're going in, in um, leading up to your kind of your 20s in terms of where you're 
culture versus religion tension or um, in, a, in, in, in an environment like in Australia. Did that ever come to boil up to a, a point where you were like, because you've traveled the world and there must have been a point where you're thinking, I, I might want to get out of here. Um, I don't think I ever felt that way. And I think the in large part why, and this is just me reflecting and I could be wrong, but I feel like I think in this round around the earth that I'm having, my soul is much older. I feel like I've done the rounds. I've been that person. I've been that person. I've been that person. I've had that experience. I've had, I've had maybe, I don't know how many hundreds of different experiences. And in this life, I'm here sitting maybe in a slightly higher frequency because I've, I've shifted through those other frequencies by having those experiences. I've been all of those other people in different lifetimes. And so in this lifetime, I'm more in the know. I know. I know who I am. I know my purpose. I knew it from a young age. I know what I want. I know what I want to achieve. And I'm sure there are past experiences and lives that I had where I wasn't that person. But, you know, I'm getting tired. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Merge back into the light. God, take me home. I'm done. This Play is my Mr. last Bombastic. round. This girl is tired. Her legs oh, are aching. You know, Sh you know, Shaggy will be playing the soundtrack no matter wherever you're going in it. So, um, Girl, you're my angel. <laughs> I'll be like, that's right, God. <laughs> that's it, God. That's it. That's it. Um, your relationship with music then, when did that start? Started young, so be exactly. We grew up in Melbourne, and there were no like Kirtanis, no Paijis there. There was just nothing. It was just a small community, and so I think the the adults of our community were like, "Well, how do we get these kids to be interested in Sikhi? How do we get them to hold on to their culture and their roots in this kind of you know white country?" And uh, my dad actually donated twenty bajas and twenty tablas to the Gurdwara when I was. 11 10 and so my sister and I took a vaja my two brothers each took a tabla and that's how we started singing kirtan the way that I learned kirtan I never actually had teachers growing up was to listen to cassette tapes mm -hmm. if, if some people don't know what cassette tapes are look it up I'm just I'm really not that old but that's what we used to listen to back then listen to these cassette tapes and sit on the vaja and like literally pump and figure out the key by ear and then write the words down the way that they sound, because back, I mean, I read Punjabi now, but I didn't read Punjabi then. And then practice, 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 and then sing in the Gurdwara. We were very lucky because the elders in our community weren't judgmental. They were like, find your way, sing, just sing Kirtan. Don't worry about anything, just sing, just, just come to the Gurdwara. If you come to the Gurdwara, you sing some Kirtan, we're happy. Mm -hmm. And that, that, but that actually, because they didn't try to control us, and they gave us the freedom to like fall in love with Sikhi, to experience that connection. That connection came to us more naturally. And like I would say myself and my group of friends that, that I grew up with in Australia, we are, we are more kind of on that, you know, we kind of resonate with it more easily. We don't have as many struggles and do you with go, our identity as Sikhs. Do you go back? Because uh, you're, you're based in Dubai now, aren't you? I live in London now. L I moved London, to London yeah. a few years yes, ago. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, do you ever get the chance to kind of um, go back to, to your roots and experience that again? So before the twins, before I had the twins, they're about to be four in a month. Um, when I was living in Dubai, I would go back to Melbourne. 
Um, especially every time I released a new album, the first thing I would want to do was go to Melbourne and sing it in the Gudvara that I grew up in. So I always did that with every album. I'd go home and I would sing, sing there first. Um, but since the twins moving to London and COVID, it's not been possible. No. I miss it. I really miss it. I miss going to Amritsar, really, because um, I would go every year to Amritsar as well um, to see my. So all my music, 100% of the proceeds of my music is donated. So I'm educating about 300 children in Punjab, predominantly girls. So I go every year and I do an event there for all my kids. And so, but I haven't been able to go for a few years. So that's that's actually, I miss that more than than Melbourne. And that's your charity, isn't it? Is keep them for causes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I don't accept donations. It's not a charity you can donate to. It's just my life mission. If you buy my music, if you buy a ticket to a concert that I do, if you buy my book from Amazon or support anything I do, whatever you give me is going to those kids. It goes to that charity. But don't give me any donations. I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm happy to just put my life's work towards this kind of field. And that is super rare. You know, like having the, the ethics around it is, is really, really important. So, um, well, I'm going to say congratulations. Well done for that. Um, and, Thank uh, you. And like, I, I mean, you can say that to me, but at the same time, in this life, the universe has put me in a position to be able to do this. Mm. In another life, possibly not. So I'm not better than anybody else because I do this. It's just, it's just that in this that. round... That's it. It's this round brought this opportunity and this soul knows what it wants to do in this round. And so it's doing it. It's just living out. It's I'm living out my universe. The universe in motion. <laughs> right here, baby. <laughs> the, the projection. Yeah, yeah. So um, this, this interview could go in totally different ways. I'm like, yes. now well, which way I'm going to go. Um, so you've got you, you obviously you you've, you've fallen in love with with the with Keaton and you and um but to make that next step to go and like produce something and um, make it um I won't say that like having the Dharmic music um available for release and things you know that must have been a bit of a, a more of a scarier kind of option or did you just feel it was a, a natural thing to do so I had an arranged marriage and I moved from Australia to Dubai and Dubai had no good vara and I grew up in such a spiritual house where we were in the Gurdwara a lot. And my family do Guru Granth Sahib Ji Seva. So we, I had like, a, and we would go to Punjab every year. So I had a very full uh, spiritual life. And then to go to Dubai and almost the expectation be that get up in the morning, get dressed, do your hair, do your makeup, carry an expensive bag, and then go for lunch or tea or dinner and socialize was so jarring to someone like me who grew up the way that I grew up. I couldn't blend in. I couldn't fit in no matter what I did. So I spoke to my husband. Welcome to Prime Video's Culture Rated Collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. 
where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I spoke to my in-laws, and I'm like, I'm miserable doing this. Like, I can't get dressed and attend anything. Please don't ask me to. Just please. Uh, the bare minimum, I'll do that. But please don't ask me. To. I, I that would have been, been an interesting conversation. We just got married. Yeah. Mom, dad. I, don't I did it for like six months. <laughs> and basically, like, at the end of six months, I was like, please, please. Like, I need to, I need to be me. I need to find myself. But what, what was really lucky for me is I got married in May in 2006. And... When I moved to Dubai, I kept thinking, what is the thing, God? What is the thing? Like, there's no Gudvara, there's this, there's that. And my in-laws had been trying to get permission for the Gudvara for six years. And the year I got married in 2006, on my birthday, the 12th of July, 2006, Sheikh Mohammed signed the permission for the Gudvara, the first Gudvara in Dubai. And the minute that happened on my birthday, just like a couple of months after I got married, I knew that I'm supposed to be part of this somehow. Otherwise, like it was a sign from God to this old soul, you know, who was like, <laughs> give veteran. me a purpose, give me a purpose. <laughs> this is not my life. I can't do this, you know. So, you know, you know, maybe, maybe they listen to the older ones a bit more. I don't know. So um, then I then I went straight to Babaji's room. I did a das and I was like, okay, this is a sign. What do I do? What do I do? And then I had a dream. I had a dream that I recorded a Kirtan album to raise money to build the Gurdwara. I literally am holding this album in the dream and I, I turn it around and I see my picture and in the dream. I'm like, oh, it's me. It's me. And when I woke up, it's like four or five in the morning. And then I went back to bed, woke up a bit later. And I told my husband, I said, I had this dream, but I don't think it was a dream. I think it was a vision. I think I'm supposed to do this. And I'm not even joking. I did it with us. I put it out there and everything just happened on its own. Sukhbir produced the album for free. Um, the company that printed the books, Atlas Printing Press, the wife of the owner is Sardarni, printed it for free. The company that did the CDs, Viva, they're, they're not there anymore, but they were there at the time, did it for free. I ended up creating an album that was free, literally cost zero and raised over a million dirhams, which is close to 300,000 pounds for the Gurdwara. My first album. I couldn't plan that. I couldn't even envision that. And that's how powerful we are. We don't have to worry about the how. We just put into the universe the seed of what we want to achieve. And, and as our frequency rises, as we put our attention and awareness to that seed, the universe will create the path there.
I was just trying to digest many layers. This so there's projection, there's visualization, there's some beads thrown in there. It's just not any artist, right? Yeah, he's you, amazing. Yeah, so there must have been some advice that he must have given you in terms of his experience through through the whole music field, right? He did actually give me very good advice. And I, I think I was very lucky to meet Sukhbir and his wife because um, it was so funny because we recorded the whole album in the Babaji's room in our house in Dubai. And like we would be doing it at God knows what time. And his wife and my husband would be sitting opposite us, leaning against the wall in Babaji's room, listening to us take do it again, sing the line again. Sing it like this, to sing it again, you know, to just get these parts, these nuances in there so beautifully, because he, honestly, he's a master. But one thing he said to me, because I was so under that good girl programming, like I was too shy to talk about what I was doing. Like, I felt like it was ego, but it's not ego. Like I've learned that over time. But he said to me, if you're going to do something, when it's done, go out, share it, promote it, put it out there. There's no point if you do this project and then you keep it in your drawer, like get behind it, put all your energy and behind it and your love behind it and put it out there. Like, don't be afraid to do that. You know, don't be afraid to say, I'm Monica Kaur and I'm here and I'm a Kirtan artist and this is what I do. And I need you to donate money to the Guru Nanak Darbar because we want to build this good bar. I like go for it. And that actually gave me a lot of confidence to be like, yeah. I am doing this. I am up till two, three in the morning with my poor husband and his poor wife half asleep on the wall on the other side, recording this album for a purpose. So get behind the purpose, you know? So, I mean, it helped me start to kind of become aware of that, that programming that was inside me that I need to, needed to and, strip away from. And then developing into, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know actually the, the, the demography and the breakdown, but there's not that many sort of the, the, being a female as well, going into that and having that empowerment, being a role model and inspiration in terms of how to do, to do that. Um, did you feel any added pressure or were you just so driven in your own vision to just, you were just going to do it? Yeah, like that's the thing, right? When you try to control something or someone, it never lasts, it never stays and it brings you misery. But when you let go into something and you accept that this is your flow and you let go into it, it leads to somewhere so beautiful you can't imagine. And I'm kind of good at that. I'm kind of good at just understanding and accepting. And again, that's why I say that I, I feel like I'm this old soul because I get things really fast. So I've had these learnings before, you know. But yeah, I just let go into it. And um, I wasn't trying to be a role model or any of those things. And I don't, I probably am not a role model, you know, like, look at, I'm modern. I sing Kirtan, I don't wear white. I am who I am. I'm a mom, I am a wife. I like to go out and have fun, even though I don't drink or take any substances, I still have the most fun. I love music, I love to dance, I love art. I love everything, literally, I just love life. I love going for walks in the park. I am who I am. If you like it, listen. If you don't like it, if you need me to wear white and wear a mala around my neck to enjoy my kirtan, then don't listen to it. But I'm not going to stop being who I am and putting that out into the world the way that I hear it. And that's the thing. I don't feel like I own it. I don't feel like I created it. I feel like it's moving through me, not coming from me, but moving through me like I'm I'm just on that frequency, like, like when you connect into a radio station and this particular song comes through. That's the song that's coming through. I'm just that little dial 
Mm. That's all I am. I'm just that little dial and that's the song coming through or that's the words coming through that resulted in that book. Like I've written five children's stories, so they're coming out I, I, slowly. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that because you, you, you've kind of started the, the, the path and the, the, the road of, for, for the music. And that's, um, you know, at this stage what you, where, where we were going through is kind of established and you're going there. Where, where did the, the want and need come from, from the book side of it? Because that is a, if you, that is a completely kind of different skill to do as well. Yeah, I have twins. Okay, <laughs> so I have three kids. I have an 11 year old and I have almost four year old twins. My first book is called Where Do Tantrums Come From? I can answer I think that. You, yes, <laughs> yes, right. So um, life inspires me, right? Life inspires me. So I'm a mom of twins and I'm struggling. And the struggle inspired these books that I've written. And like the rest are going to slowly come out. But yeah, life inspires me. My kids, like it was a song I used to sing to them. Where do tantrums come from? Do they come from above or below? You know, I'd sing this and they would stop and listen. And then I would play with them. Are they hidden in your nose or your toes? And I would like look up their nose, go between their toes. Is it hiding in your bed? And I would pull off the blanket and look under the bed. And it would turn the tantrum into this kind of game. And then somebody, I think it was my sister-in-law, somebody heard me, um, my brother's wife heard me and said, you should write this. This is a book. And I was like, yeah, I really should. And I, I want to make sure that this book shows kids from all different backgrounds. And so I found this fantastic artist, Charity Russell. She got the vision and she understood, like, I wanted this very diverse thing. And the point of the book, like the last few pages of the book, basically tells them how to self-soothe. It empowers them to understand that tantrums come from within you, comes from inside you, but tantrums don't last too long. It tells them that when you feel that tantrum, take a deep breath, ask for a big bear hug if you can't find the words. It's okay to cry and feel tired. Just remember you're so loved. You know, it's like empowering them to go inside. And each of the books that I've written, so four of them are for quite young kids. Where do tantrums come from? And then where do you come from? Where does kindness come from? And where does healthy come from? That's like a series. And then I've written another book called The Cosmic Tree. That's about enlightenment through the perspective of this Banyan cosmic tree. And uh, it's a, a much deeper book to understand. But I think for that eight, nine, 10 year old, especially in today's world, exposed to what they're exposed to, kind of reminding them that there's not some superhero outside your life that's going to come and rescue you, that all the answers that you're searching for and the power that you need and that inner warrior, that's inside you. And so really just kind of that's what I'm trying to do with these books is like give my children the tools um, and even with like my, my latest album, the Ache album, uh, which Ache means oneness, right? If you play it to your child, your child will learn how to sing Kirtan because the way that I've sung the album, even though I've got the best musicians, right? Uh, playing the most beautiful instruments um, and playing music in this very complex and tasty way. The way that I sing is very melodic and in rhythm and slow and very pronounced so that when a child is listening to that by the end of the Shabbat my children can sing almost all those Shabbats so my kids inspire me to even in the style of music or the way that I sing or what I'm writing or doing it's life that inspires me I, I draw inspiration from that and I put it into my art 
Do you have any books for tantrums between parents? <laughs> well, one second, my, my camera's a bit blurry. Um, tat, I mean, adults, like, I think all it is really, and I, I'm telling you, it's easier than you think, is paying attention to the feeling when it comes up. Everything is energy. So when you feel anger or frustration, it's actually an emotional charge that rises up. You actually have a physical part in your body where you feel it. For example, when you feel nervous, you feel it in your stomach. When you feel angry, you feel it in your chest. When you feel aroused, you feel it, you know, everything. There's a spot. There's a part in your body. When you feel tension, you feel it in your head. You have headaches, right? So there's a physical manifestation of that emotional feeling. Go to that. Go into it. And take a deep breath into it and ask yourself, pay attention to it. It comes up because it wants your attention. It wants you to bring your attention. And the moment you bring your attention to it, it starts to let go. You understand it. It's like all of this stuff that's just suppressed, you know, and needs to come out in, in, a, in a certain way. And by bringing your attention to it, you allow it that space to be acknowledged and to leave. And you, you end up lighter, happier. I'm not even joking. You start to age backwards. You start to look younger. Nobody thinks I'm 40. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think people think I'm older with, with greys. I'm just getting just turning into greys and bags under my eyes and everything. So, yeah, I think I might have to start. It's not, it's not only more. physically. It's your energy. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 40 in October. I'm 40 in October. And um, I can almost feel, as I'm getting towards it, there's like a switch. Like I play football pretty often and mm. just getting little more little twinges, little aches mm. and pains and stuff like that. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this is, you know, when you get the warning signs. And then, yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm determined to definitely do, do something. Like that. But I, I take it on board. I was, I was more coming from the angle where you have like, when you, especially as a parent, when you're preparing yourself to become a, a parent, because it is, it is a bit like that. You um, like all the books that you kind of read on is all around about pregnancy and everything. it doesn't. There's very rare information of, of when the baby comes. Up, what do you do? I remember watching YouTube to learn how to put on a, a nappy and things. You know, like basically, it didn't really prepare me. Um, I think there was a lot, and I, I don't know whether this is true or not, but I felt there was a lot of stuff for women out there to to do that. There wasn't that many stuff for like dads and new dads and and what and what to do and how how to. It was just a real, real life lesson really quickly. And I think it took some time to kind of digest. And so you are prepared. I was more prepared for my son when he when he came around. Um, I wasn't scared of breaking anything. You know what I mean? It's just you get, yeah. get used to that. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I kind of meant in terms of like, not the tantrums between yourself. It's just that you, you're so tired, you're overstretched. You want, you're demanding that self downtime in order to kind of relax. And it's just, sometimes it's, it's not necessarily there. Well, I think, I mean, yes. I mean, when you have a child, wow. Like they take over every aspect of your life, of your thoughts, of your, I mean, the, the level of exhaustion that you feel like, like you get pushed to your human limits. And at the same time, you feel those, that level of love and joy and that you would have never experienced if it wasn't for that child. So you experience kind of both time, both sides of the spectrum when it comes to, to parenthood. I think the main thing to remember is your child isn't trying to give you a hard time. Your child isn't trying to throw that, that tantrum or be difficult. Just like how you need 
to take time to acknowledge your emotions, that soul that's sitting in that body, um, it just needs to be acknowledged in that moment. So if you kind of remind yourself that, hey, my kid is, is struggling right now. And instead of me struggling along, along with my kid, instead of me taking it personally and saying, oh, my kid is so difficult. Oh, my kid is so clingy or needy or my kid just throws tantrums all the time. Maybe there's a reason. And it's just like really just going down to their level, acknowledging what they're feeling and not telling them, not saying to them, no, this is, you, this is not what happened. That's not what happened because their brain can't compute that. Like they are completely running from the amygdala, which is the emotional part of the brain. The prefrontal cortex doesn't fully develop till you're 22. So when you're saying to your children as they grow up, what were you thinking? They weren't thinking. They were feeling, they're in the feeling part of the brain. This part doesn't work. The analytical part doesn't actually fully grow until they're 22 years old. So you have to kind of treat them very differently and understand that everything they're doing is emotionally driven. So you sitting there trying to explain things, it's not actually going to be that effective. The best thing you can do with an emotional person is first acknowledge their feeling, make them feel heard, acknowledge their feeling, embrace them. Help them come out of fight, flight mode, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, basically survival mode. Help them calm down and come out of that place, you know. And once they're calm, you can suggest things. Don't try to control them and say, do this, do that. Nobody wants to be bossed around. Try to suggest things like, you know, how about next time when you feel this way? You come and sit on mommy's lap and say, mommy, I'm not feeling good. Or how about next time you're, you want the toy in your sister's hand? How about you ask her? Mm. You just make suggestions. Because what you're telling them is that they're capable. When you do that, you're telling them, you're empowering them. You're not taking away their power and saying, I know better than you. You're empowering them. And I feel like parents who do that well are the parents who are in touch with themselves. Like. Are you empowering yourself? Are you acknowledging yourself? Because if you are, you'll be able to do it for other people. If you're not, even when you're doing it for other people, there's something inside you that's still struggling and suffering. And it's actually more like you're doing it more like a show, more like this programming that you have to be this way versus actually naturally being that way and being in your flow. Yeah. I Trying to, I'm, I'm obviously playing kind of like self-reflective on here. I'm trying to imagine my bubba saying some of the same things to them. But I think, I think what it came down to, what it comes down to, what you said is kind of that patience and time. If you haven't, if you've got time and patience, I think a lot of those things kind of be are achievable. To, I think everyone can achieve it. I just, I, th- I think I'm going to leave this podcast thinking more reflectionist and start thinking, hmm, yeah. I think there's. I think I might need my own therapy session after this. Anyway, um, what I wanted to do was talk about in terms of like. So you've got your, you've got your, you've got the the Darwin music, you've got your music career going on there. You've got this author side. Do you do you ever see a point where they kind of merge together? I mean, like the, the easiest example is kind of the audio book style, or is there any um, yeah. any other kind of projects around that side in terms of development? Yes. So. There's actually quite a lot of things that I want to do. Um, And I'm putting it out there and it'll come to me when it comes to me. At the moment, I'm in this phase where all I want to do is read and study. 
there is something that the universe needs me to understand. And the more I read and the more I study, the more I can apply science to Guru Nanak's teachings. Because that's my passion. It's, it's this world of Kirtan. It's Guru Nanak's message because Guru Nanak's message is extremely profound. It's extremely deep. And there's so much science behind it. For example, Guru Nanak talks about the five khans in Jabji Seb, you know, and the ultimate being such khand. In, in quantum physics, they talk about the five dimensions, right? Scientists talk about the brain waves, you know, they, talk, they mention four, but they always say there's a fifth where you have heart-mind coherence, right? In Ayurveda, they talk about the five sheets. Um, in certain practices, um, sometimes I Ching, they talk about the five densities. There is something there that explains to you how you move through these dimensions or these places. And the thing about that I love so much about Sikhi is the message of oneness. And I find that Sikhi is probably one of the most modern faiths because to come out 500 years ago to say women and men are equal. I mean, today, I mean, look at what's happening in the US and the Supreme Justice and women's having their rights taken away from them, you know? Um, and all over the world, the, the pay gap between men and women. Today, people struggle with this idea of men and women being equal. And Guru Nanak was like, nope. He came out, he abolished the caste system, removed the surnames and said, we're all equal in the eyes of God. Um, the Holy Scriptures, Sikh Holy Scriptures, is one of the only scriptures that doesn't talk about women in a derogatory way. Like there's nothing written in there that says that women are sinners, women came to tempt man, or women should be hit. Or, I mean, if you start searching and, and researching kind of other religious texts, you will see some of the stuff which is really disturbing. Um, I don't believe that God made one sex higher and one sex lower. I believe in Guru Nanak's message that we are one. And the more I study um, about frequency, the more I study about quantum physics, I'm currently reading a psychology book called The Polyvagal Theory, which is about the nerve that connects the stomach, the heart, and the mind, and how you store trauma in this. Um, it talks about the fight, flight, freeze, fawn, these modes that we go into, and helps you to become aware of these things that you do and, and to understand the trauma and move through it. As I read all of this stuff, I understand Sikhi better. I understand Guru Nanak's message with more depth. And I want to find a way to bring it all together. And I feel like maybe I'm moving in that direction, but in some time. First, I need to understand it all. It connects already, but how do I take that connection and understand it to the depths of it? And then how do I take that depth and put it into words or a book or something and then put it out there? I am writing a book, by the way. I've written 80,000 pages, so I'm writing a book. But, you know, it's, it's, it's in process. It's, it's, I, I still know that it's not done. 80, like I know that pages. Yeah. So not pages, sorry, 80,000 words. Well, 80, words. words. No, 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 sorry. The last time I checked, it was 120,000 words. Not if, what am I saying? No one's going to read that book. Oh, gonna, hey, no one's going to read that book. I know. I, I think the... the I think you probably start asking for donations then for that printing. <laughs> no, I would need new hands. I think I can yeah. type that in the Wow. That is great. <laughs> no, but I yeah, mean, I mean. 
again, it's just like you know, from a creative mind in terms of seeing how you how you're connecting everything together. You know, it's always tiring and it just seeing from from what you what you're doing. So just on the last bit. <laughs> In terms of your music career now, what's the kind of the next sort of? Where are you now, and how you and how do you reflect back on it, and where do you see yourself going with that? Um, you know, I know you've just said a little bit on it, but I just want you to kind of um, just give us direction in terms of per kind of skill. Right, right. So I'm releasing two albums. I'm recording two albums this year. One of them should come out this year. One will come out next year. One is a more traditional rag album, but it's like accessible rag. It's your taster into the world of rag. I never studied Kirtan traditionally. I'm self-taught, but I've always been very interested in it. So it's rag with a little twist. Um, and I'm doing that whole project is with Kirpal Paneser, Kirpal Singh Paneser, who's just absolutely brilliant and uh, pinky. Uh, he's playing tabla and now we're in the process of bringing in more musicians to kind of um, do the rest of the tracks. But it was very fun composing all of these tracks and kind of trying to understand this world of Prague, which I feel like I need to get into more. Um, I'm doing another album with the Martin Youth Glover. So he's produced uh, Paul McCartney, wow. Killing Joke, The Verve, Spice Girls. Um, he's a bassist himself. So we're doing a full album together, which we will be recording at Abbey Road Studios later this year. Um, and that is definitely a bit more commercial. So it's like Sikh Mantra album, I would, I would call it, um, where I've kind of composed this kind of melodies. And then he does his kind of magic producer, new age sound sort of thing um, with very interesting frequencies that kind of help you get into like a trance-like state, which is kind of his speciality, which is like that kind of trance music, but yeah. trance and spirituality kind of merging together. Like, how do we get you deeper into meditation and and get you almost like in the zone where you're trancing along to the meditation, where even though your body isn't moving, your soul is moving. So that's that kind of project that I'm doing with him. Uh, I've got this little project. I can't really mention too much, but it's with the British Army. Um, so that's quite cool. And uh, that's almost done. Um, but next year when I record another album, I, I really want to do something that is fully immersed in all the things I've been studying, like the, the different frequencies. So doing a track, which is just for your heart, which is the frequency of the heart a track, which is just for your mind, just for your lungs, just for your, a, a full track of healing, um, high frequency, high energy music. And what I think is really, what I really enjoy about what I do is that the intention behind it is already at the highest level. For example, I go into it, I start with Erdas, I want it to bring happiness, to bring healing, to bring joy, to bring calm, right? So that's my intention. But yet all the proceeds from that music is going towards a great cause as well. So from A to Z, the intention is the highest possible intention I can currently set at, at the frequency which I'm at. Maybe I will find deeper and higher intentions, but this is where I'm at. And so putting that frequency out into the world is really important to me because that's how the world changes. It's the frequency we put into it. Wow. 
So much to digest. <laughs> Too much to digest. I'm so sorry. I need to like simplify all of this. No, it's I'm good. I'm going to actually kind of break it down to, to, your, to, to yourself. Really. I'm going to kind of bring it to a close because there's quite a lot of stuff and I'm definitely going to get you on again in terms of when these projects get released as well. So it, it, it keeps you accountable as well <laughs> you know, to the projects. Um, so this is called The Bandwagon, the podcast is. And um, there's, a, there's an opportunity uh, at this point to either jump on a bandwagon, jump off a bandwagon, or if there's anything that you want to get off your chest at this point, this is the space for you to do so. Hmm. Get off my chest. Uh, well, I think a takeaway, I guess, is if you wake up and you feel life is beautiful, life will be beautiful. It all starts with your thought. And the more people that wake up and start kind of doing that inner work, the better our world will be, the better it will be for our kids and for future generations. Because the best thing you can do with your life is raise your frequency. In doing so, you raise the frequency of the planet, you reduce the suffering in the planet, and the ultimate place that we all actually long for deep, deep down in our soul is that place of oneness to merge back where you're one with everyone, everything, the stars, the, the moon, the sun, the butterflies, each and every single thing, each and every molecule in harmony and resonating at that frequency. So. I think that's probably the most um, pleasant um, sort of disclosures that a guest I've had at the end when I've, when I've put, put that question. And I think it's a perfect place to kind of uh, bring it together and close. So um, I really, uh, really want to thank you for taking the time. I, I know you're extremely busy, um, as everybody probably listening or watching will, will, can, can tell. Um, and we'd, I'd like to just say that, you know, anything in terms of like support, it's always there from, uh, from the podcast and to um, help progress it and push it as far as we can. Thank you. This was so fun talking to you, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry if I just poured out no, so no. much information. It was, but... it was good. Nothing of this is ever prepped. I always kind of have it as organic and um, as fresh as I can be. So because um, it's out of genuine curiosity. Thank, Thank you. you again. Thank you. Bye. Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately! Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or Renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school.
school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.